Thanks so much, Brianna. Thanks for sharing your story with us, and it's pretty incredible. It fits a lot into what we're going to be looking at tonight, which is really, really exciting. Um, so, well, welcome back from spring break, everybody. Hope you had a good, restful break. I know some of you were at home, maybe getting to hang out with some friends and family, maybe your dog that you missed or your cat that you missed. Uh, who here was in Gatlinburg? Wow! It sounded like an incredible week. I was really jealous. I didn't get to go. Um, I spent most of my week um, getting to plan for the summer. I'm getting to go to Ocean City, New Jersey this coming summer, so I spent a bunch of time planning for that. So it wasn't as good as being in Gatlinburg, but I'm really excited uh, for what's coming up this summer. Well, one of the things that I really enjoyed hearing about Gatlinburg, amidst all the kind of uh, fun you got to have, kind of the different stories, different events you got to do, well, some of the opportunities you got to share the gospel. You got to talk to others about who Jesus is. And I want to do a quick challenge. Whether you went to Gatlinburg or not, I want you, as simply as possible, give you like 20 seconds, maybe 30 seconds a person, and I want you to share the gospel, what you think the gospel is, to the person next to you. All right? 30 seconds. Do you think you can do it? All right, Go. All right, you got 10 seconds, 10 more seconds. All right, I'm going to pull us together. How'd it feel like? Do you feel like you're actually able to do it? Like, it's pretty incredible. It's You probably didn't get to say everything you'd want to say, but somehow, in just a few, maybe half a minute to a minute, you were able to share the essentials of the gospel. You you shared enough where someone could come into a saving relationship with Christ, get to meet the Lord who loves them and enter into a relationship with him. That is the gospel. What I love about the gospel but what Jesus has done for us is that simplicity, right? Uh, you got a few things coming around. You'll have two sheets. So one is a passage, and then one has a front and back. So feel free to grab one of those, pass them down. But what's incredible is you can share the gospel, right, in 30 seconds. The gospel is so clear. It's so clear what Jesus did for us on the cross that a four-year-old could understand it, right? Some of you in this room trusted Christ maybe when you were four or five years old. Because the gospel is so clear. And yet, what I want to talk about tonight is that how, even though the gospel is so clear that you'd share it in 30 seconds to a four-year-old, 
We are going to spend our lifetimes getting to go deeper into the glories of the gospel. That what Jesus has done for us is so deep and so good and so rich and so wide that you and I will spend our lifetimes here on earth and actually I think all eternity looking into these realities more and more and more. Because though the gospel is both simple and clear, it also is so full and complex. It's almost like a, like a diamond that you could hold up and you could look at through so many different angles and see so many different things about it. The gospel is like a treasure that you get to open up and there's more and more and more. My worry for us in the room is because you could share the gospel in 30 seconds is that you might not go into the depth in the wonder and the glories of the gospel, that you stay content. It's almost like a, you're a tree, and you put your roots down a little bit, and you're like, hey, I'm growing, right? My roots, they feel, this feels good, this feels rich, this feels new, this feels exciting, what Jesus has done for me. But if you stay there at that level, and your roots don't go deeper into the realities of what Jesus has done for you, you're going to have challenges later in your life. You might even have the challenges now. I think I've met a lot of Christians that have been in a fellowship like this, but then once they get out of college, some questions begin to hit them. Some people would even say they, what they're doing is they're like breaking down their faith or they're deconstructing their faith. They're throwing out all these questions that feel really hard and feel really deep. Like, man, why, does, why do these bad things happen to good people? And really, usually it's more, more uh, personal why is this terrible thing happening to my mom or my grandma who's so incredibly faithful? Why are there terrible realities happening around the world? If God has made the world, why do I see terrible things every time I turn on the news? Why don't I feel put together? Why do I feel so confused about who I am? Right? These are questions that Christians ask. The problem is if you only have your roots this deep, you're not going to think there's answers, and so you're going to look elsewhere. But as we get into this series, the glories of the gospel, the hope is we put our roots deep into the wonders of what Jesus has done for us. And I can think of no better place to start. It almost feels like I'm cheating using this passage that we're looking at tonight as we open up the glories of the gospel. because so we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 1. And we're actually going to look at one sentence. It'll look like multiple sentences. Uh, it's I handed it out to you. You can open to it in your Bibles. But we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 to 14, which is actually one, in the original Greek, one huge, run-on, complex, meandering, circling around sentence that might be the most glorious sentence ever written. So I'm going to read it to you. And you can follow along right in front of you. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the Beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us, in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, 
according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ, as a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an, an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him, who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who are the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. I need a break reading it. It's so full. It's so good. Because, right, the gospel could be as simple as this. That God's made us and he loves us. But we broke in fellowship with God because of our sin. And so Jesus Christ, God comes to earth, lives a perfect life on our behalf, and dies on the cross on our behalf. And through him we have forgiveness of sins, and by believing in him we have eternal life. Right there, 10 seconds. And yet here, Paul, the author of Ephesians, kicks off with a deeper look at the gospel. And I hesitate to say that, because what I don't want you to think is that there's like a deeper gospel and a shallower gospel. I don't think that's quite true. Because I think if you just shared what I share, you shared the gospel with someone where they can come into a relationship with God. It's not, you've not cheated anybody. You don't need to apologize for stopping there with saying that. But us personally who know Christ need to see how incredible and how expansive the gospel really is. And so if you'll permit me, I'm going to walk through some things in this passage that I just find fascinating. And I'm going to invite you to grab a pencil if you have one near you. Grab a pen. We're going to do a little bit of Bible study together. And I'm going to have you do a little bit with the people next to you. But my hope is that we get a sense of this richness. Because, like I said, this sentence is incredible. It's 202 words, one sentence, but full of riches. In fact, there's one guy, uh, Thomas Goodwin, a Puritan theologian and pastor in the 1600s. He was commenting. He was writing about this passage. He wrote for 400 pages about Ephesians chapter 1 alone. He spent, a bulk, he spent a portion of his life studying Ephesians chapter 1 and wrote 400 pages about what he saw here. So I'm going to take you through. What I see is incredible about the glories of the gospel. And the first thing I notice when I look through all this is some of the names that you see for God. So you see here at the top, right? You see, start off, God the Father. And immediately, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ the beloved, in him. And then you see at the end of this, this run-on sentence that we are promised, we have a promised Holy Spirit who seals us. What I love when I start to unpack the greatness and the riches of the gospel is that it has this triune shape to it. Because our God is three and he is one. Father, Son, and Spirit. And so you see this first paragraph is about what God the Father has done for us that he elects us for adoptions, that you and I would become sons and daughters. And all that, all that that has been planned according to the purpose of his will, now the son accomplishes it for us. 
as that Jesus, the Son, comes to earth and lives a perfect life and goes to the cross for us. Now we see God, the Son, accomplishing, redeeming us, and revealing to us the greatness of who God is and who we are in Christ. And then we have the Holy Spirit, the one who has promised, the Spirit who seals us, God himself who comes to live inside of us because of what Jesus the Son has done on the cross according to the plan of God. The gospel has this vast triune shape to it. And not only does it have this triune shape to it, it has this kind of incredible time element. Look at this when you look at this passage. It talks about things that started in eternity past. It says that you and I were predestined according to the purpose of his will, before the foundation of the world. The gospel wasn't just when Jesus came. The gospel has its origins before you and I ever took our first breath, before there was a speck of dust on the earth, before a single star existed, when there was nothing but God himself, is when he purposed to have you and I in a relationship with him. That the gospel has its roots Our relationship with God has its roots in eternity past. And then we see it's happening right now. What Jesus has done for us, the good news of the gospel has its effects right now. And we're going to look at this in a little bit. It says we have redemption. In the fullness of time, Jesus came. That these eternal realities are taking place right here, right now for us. 2,000 years ago and what Jesus did on the cross, but living realities for you and me. Everyday realities. And the gospel, which has its origins in eternity past, when there's nothing but God, and that's being applied and it's been accomplished in Jesus and being applied to us now as promises for eternity future. Look at this. Because at the end of this passage, it says, you and I, because of what Jesus has done, we have an inheritance. You know what inheritance is, right? It's something that you get kind of later in life. Often it would be when someone dies. But it's something you're waiting for. That's the, the essence of it. It's something that will be yours and actually kind of is yours, but you don't yet have full possession of it. You'll, you'll take possession of it in the future. And it says that the true realities of what God has done for us, we don't even get to possess the fullness of them yet. And that's what the Spirit guarantees, is that we have an inheritance, and we wait until we acquire possession of it. This is heaven for you and me. That the gospel assures us that for all eternity future, you and I get to stand in the presence of the glorious God who thought of us in eternity past, rescued us in our present, and wants us to be with him for eternity future. But it doesn't stop there. When I look at this passage, I see more and more things. I could write so many more, but then I start to look at some of these other words. I start to see this word right at the very beginning. It says, God has blessed us in Christ. Man, all these things, all these things that God has done, they're not separate from Jesus. You can't find them in a different religion. You can't find them in different beliefs. They only are real because Jesus has done these things for us. But then you read in Christ and you're like, wait a minute, I see that elsewhere. This Jesus is central to everything. Look at this first paragraph. He chose us in him. We are adopted through Jesus. We are blessed in the beloved who is Jesus. And then we look at this next paragraph, and it's like, man, in him these things have happened. God set forth the plan in Christ. He's accomplished it in Christ. 
that it's in Jesus we have this inheritance. You see here, in him, in Christ, in him. It's everywhere. The gospel has this triune shape to it. Father, Son, and Spirit. It has this eternity past to eternity future uh, time element to it. And then it has this kind of centrality of Christ to it. That Christ is front and center of all these things that are going on. As a professor and theologian, Fred Sanders said, he says the blessings of the gospel, the blessing of the gospel was big and God-shaped. The gospel is large and complex, even though it's so simple. So I wonder, when you think about the gospel, right now, would you say you have kind of the 30-second depth of understanding? Or have you begun to sink your roots deep into this? Thomas Goodwin spent 400 pages and years of his life just studying these words. Because he just saw more and more and more and more. You can, see, uh, you can see grace throughout here. Brianna was talking about grace. You can see grace throughout here. You can see things about God's glory according to his purpose, according to his will, if you want to highlight all those. There's this interweaving, overflowing, it's not, it almost feels on the edge of chaos, and it's all held together. Now, I want you to do something here now, okay? I want you to look in this passage. I want you, with your friend next to you, to whether it's a circle or square or underline, whatever it is, I want you to find as many images, descriptions, or definitions of salvation you can find in this passage, right? So I'll give you the first one would be like, it says we're chosen. That's part of the blessings of the gospel. I want you, and I'm like, you got one or two minutes, read through this and see, you, there's some of these like word pictures that are there. There's some of these phrases that are there about what has happened to us because of what Jesus has done, all right? So take a minute or two, start circling them, share them with the person next to you. I'd love to see who can get the most in about a minute. For sake of time, I'm giving you 10 more seconds. 
right. You get to finish this on your own later. Uh, we don't have quite time if you could count them up, but I'd be curious to see. So I bet some of you probably got about maybe five things that you saw, right? Six, seven, eight, nine. I count no less than 13 things. We are blessed within the gospel. I'll just name through some of them, read through this passage. Number one, because of what Jesus has done for us, because of the gospel, we are blessed by God. We're chosen by God. We're made for holiness. We are loved by God. We are predestined. And in fact, we're predestined for adoption. We're redeemed. We're forgiven. We're lavished with grace. We have these mysteries about how God rescues us revealed to us. We're united in Christ. We have an inheritance and we're sealed by the Spirit. No less than 13 ways, if you imagine the gospel as the diamond, 13 different ways if you held it up, different facets that you could see. The same truth, and yet so much gloriousness to it. And I wonder for you, when you think through that list, sorry, my headphones falling off there, blessed, chosen, adopted, forgiven, which of those do you really need to begin to embrace? Because going back to kind of thinking about our roots, right? You're all walking through some things right now. You either have some hard questions. You're believing some lies about who you are or who God is. You're struggling in your spiritual life. You're starting to wonder, is this it? Like, is the, is the gospel actually enough? And I think when I ask that question, it's not because the gospel's not enough. It's because I've not gone deep enough into it. It's not the gospel's fault. <laughs> it's not Jesus' fault. It's almost like I'm standing in the shallow end of the pool and wondering why it's not so fun to play in. Right? It's because I'm not going into the deep end. But Christians, for 2,000 years, have thought about, meditated upon these. And I wonder for you, what do you need to hear? I'll just highlight a few. Do you need to know that because of what Jesus has done, you're chosen? Do you need to know that you're wanted? When you're chosen, it's not because God has been forced. His hand's not been forced to love you or to care for you. Before eternity, he thought of you and he said, I want you. You're who I want. And it's not necessarily because of how great we are, but it's because he loves us. So do you need to know that you're wanted, that you're chosen? Do you need to know that you're actually loved by God? That you're liked by God? That he doesn't love you because he has to, but he enjoys you? Do you need to know that you're adopted? Do you need to know that even though life at home is pretty hard right now, you know things with mom or with dad are not great, and even when you hear that word father, it actually doesn't feel all that good, do you need to know that you have a perfect father? And you have a family that you've been introduced into that runs deeper than blood. You're adopted into God's family. Do you need to know that God and Brown have talked about this. We're just lavished with grace. I love that word, lavished. God doesn't just give you a little thimble full of grace. He doesn't just give you a little cup full. He gives you buckets and buckets, pools, rivers, fountains of grace. 
And if you've done these things over break that you're not proud of and you think I've spent all of his grace, there's no more, he says, no, no, no. I lavish it upon you. He enjoys giving it to us. Do you need to know you're forgiven? Do you need to know that he's sealed you? This is a stamp. He's put his mark on you by the spirit that you're his. And there's nothing that can take you away from him. You're stamped by him. And that, uh, there's so much to this imagery. What is this picture that nobody else can take you away? That you are the king's. So I wonder for you, which of those things, as we begin this Glories of the Gospel series, do you most need to hear? So here's what I want you to do. I want you to pick one of these. Pick one of those from Ephesians 1, or I'm going to give you one of the things that was one of the best things I ever got. On a summer mission, it was this list of 40 things that become true of you the moment you trust Christ. Because of what Jesus has done, 40 things that are true of you. I remember I got this on a summer mission, and it felt like a treasure. I just read over it and read over it. Because it talks about relationships, how they're changed in Christ. It talks about our righteousness in Christ, our rights as a believer in Christ, our resources, what this God the Spirit does in our life. I want you to study this. I want you to pick one of these things, either from this list or Ephesians, and I want you to study it yourself. Grab a Bible, go to BibleGateway.com and just type in that word and look at all the verses. If your Bible has cross-references, look them up. And then here's what I challenge you to do this week is you're personally doing it. Most of you are involved in a community group. If not, we'd love for you to get connected to one. Talk about it in your group me. What would it be like if this week you encouraged the people that are in your small groups saying, look what I learned this week about God's grace. Look at this verse. Have you ever seen this? Look what I learned about being a son or daughter of the king. Do you believe this? And encourage one another. That's my challenge to you this week. So what I want you to do, just take another 10, 30, well, 10, 20 seconds. The person next to you, which of these most stands out to you? All right, here's what I'm going to do. You tell somebody that, start talking about it this week in your group me. Talk about it with your community group. Grab it, study it yourself. And I'd love to hear stories of what you learned about it this week. So let me pray for you. Lord, we invite you in. Would we understand the blessings, the depth, the realities of what you've done for us in the gospel, how deeply blessed we are in ways that are so glorious and wide and full that we can never fully understand them. I pray, as Paul writes in Ephesians 1, that the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened, that we'd be able to see these incredible realities, Lord, and not just know them, but to embrace them and have them change us. We pray. Amen. Thanks to our listeners for tuning into this episode of the 180 Podcast, a production of Crew in Southeast Ohio. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please give it a like, a share, or leave an encouraging comment, and that will go a long way toward helping others hear about the podcast. The podcast isn't the only thing that we do. Whether you're a student living on campus or if you're still at home studying virtually, we'd encourage you to check us out on social media to hear more about what's going on. You can follow us on Instagram at crew at OU, or to learn more about who we are and what we do, head over to our website, crew at OU.org. We'd encourage you if you visit the site to complete our involvement form to get more connected to all the things that are happening. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next Thursday for another episode of the 180.